0: Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long.
1: And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We truly are living in unprecedented times. Today in New York City, we saw a former president, President Donald Trump, uh, be arraigned on charges by a prosecutor out of New York, uh, and it is, uh, if you'll excuse the term, trumped-up charges. Uh, But it is political weapon from the political left, and folks, it's game on in the USA. And, uh, you know, (laughs) you can't avoid this one, and we need to be praying for our country but, uh, folks, we need to stand for the truth and we need to be bold. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. And we're bold here at the Ohio Christian Alliance, and we've been doing the Lord's work at the Ohio State House and in Washington, D.C., advocating for uh, your First Amendment rights, your right of worship uh, at the uh, State House and the seats of government, uh, fighting for First Amendment religious liberty issues and pro life issues over the years, and those advocating for the family and parental rights, well, all of that is under assault, uh, really, almost on every front. We're going to talk about the Ohio House, and we're going to talk to our, our good friend, State Representative Scott Wiggum, who's been on this program before. He serves in the Ohio House District 77 out of Wayne County, and uh, Representative Wiggum has actually been hes a veteran legislator he has served on a number of committees. He's been the chairman of a number of committees. And there is uh, breaking news out of the Ohio State House as uh, Speaker Jason Stevens. Now, you remember, this, this man was elected by a majority of Democrats uh, back in January, not Republicans. Forty-five Republicans voted for Derek Maron. They did not vote for Jason Stevens. Only 22 renegade uh, Republicans voted for Jason Stevens and 45 Republicans watched as the Democrats chose the next speaker. Well, there's been trouble ever since, and some of that trouble is a committee that was hearing the 60% threshold that a lot of us conservatives want to see happen. We're tired of watching our state constitution be put up for bid every few years with whoever has the most money to come into our state, buy a ballot initiative, by paying for paid circulators to go on our ballot and change our state constitution. We're not talking about passing a simple law. We're talking about actually amending the Ohio Constitution. Well, we can't allow that to happen anymore, and so the 60% threshold uh, needs to be passed. And if they try to do it in lame duck in December and then again in January, well, we had a committee that was hearing the uh, proceedings But uh, State Representative Scott Wiggum, chairing that committee, was removed from the committee just before the Easter break by State State Representative Jason Stevens, who is the current speaker. Uh, With us on the phone is State Representative Scott Wiggum. Scott, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you, Chris. Glad to be here.
1: Well, you know, Scott, we're really just getting ready to have some hearings on H.J.R. 1, which will raise the threshold to 60% to pass any constitutional amendment in the state of Ohio, and uh, but basically we have seen this speaker, Jason Stevens, stall and obfuscate and really deceive the public about his intentions on H.J.R. 1. So a discharge petition was fi- filed by a number of your colleagues. You signed that discharge petition. Tell us why. <laughs>
2: I signed the discharge petition because the discharge uh, petition, if you if you discharge a resolution, it doesn't go back to the commit uh, to the speaker's committee. It goes straight to the floor, and so and so. If we pass this, this is the gamble right now. If this passes out of committee, HGR one, which protects our constitution from outside forces, basically takes it up to a sixty percent. Uh, obviously, you did a, a nice job of talking about why that's so important. It's so important because the constitution is not the Ohio Rev- Code a constitution should be your basic and alienable rights given to you by God. They should be protected and not changed on a whim because somebody's got ten million dollars uh, to throw at it. Um, and we can talk about that uh, a little bit more if you'd like. But the bottom line: a discharge petition takes that resolution directly to the floor. We did that because uh, Speaker Jason Stevens stated that he did not want an August election, and when he stated that, he 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 killed the bill. He killed the resolution because it can't be on in November. We he gave it to me. He put it in my committee. Uh, 15 days after the deadline to get it passed for the May ballot, and so in, in two days, two business days before, um, before we the the. Um, Planned Parenthood supported um, anti parent, pro abortion on demand um, uh, constitutional language went before the AG. So he gave it to our committee just two business days before that went to the AG. So we knew the conversation was happening, so we started watching that, and then we had to start investigating what we were going to do next with HGR 1. So that's basically what a petition discharge does, though, because uh, the speaker can kill. If we pass it out of committee, the Speaker can kill it in Rules and Reference Committee because that's where it goes next before it goes to the floor.
1: And he can sit on it and basically wait out the clock again and that it doesn't make it to an August ballot and therefore it's a moot point. And folks, we're staring down the barrel of the most radical abortion language constitutional amendment proposal on the November ballot if Planned Parenthood ACLU radical abortion interest. Are successful in putting it on the November ballot. They have until July 5th to collect 412,500 good signatures. They're probably going to shoot for a million, and right now they're working the streets all across the the uh, state. Uh, they were seen down at the Cincinnati uh, ball game of the Cincinnati Reds last uh, week. In fact, what was discovered at that same time was paid circulators from outside the state of Ohio. Yes, sir and ma'am, they're paying circulators to uh, pass this petition around to get enough signatures don't sign that petition and it's going to come off as language that sounds reasonable the right to reproductive freedom and with protections for health and safety <laughs> folks nothing could be further from the truth it might as well be satan saying to eve you will not surely die and listen folks this is a lie this thing will wipe out every pro-life law we have on the on the books here in ohio It will wipe out our ban on partial birth abortion. It will be abortion to the ninth month of pregnancy with no stops along the way. And, folks, it will take away parental rights. It's a horrible proposal. But you've got to look into the details. We're going to provide you enough information between now and November, and we're hoping to derail this group. Last week you heard we had Attorney Kurt Hartman, who filed a mandamus action to the state Supreme Court, Challenging the ballots board's action of saying that this language was single subject. It is not. It's multi subject. It's abortion and its reproductive uh, issues, and including um, fertility and even transgender uh, issues in this language. He said it's multi issue. He challenged this, uh, the state by the Supreme Court. We'll wait to hear what happens with that case. You can track that at our website at ohioca.org. It's called Mandamus Writ. Uh, You'll see it there, as well as the heartbeat law is currently before the state Supreme Court, and we're waiting for action on that. Uh, It's been tied up in the courts. It was enacted for about four months, and folks, it was saving babies' lives this last summer after the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Well, the pro-abortion group, radical abortionists, they're moving across the country, and Ohio's their next target. And we're talking to a very good man on the phone, State Representative Scott Wiggum, is doing everything he can to help us safeguard our pro-life laws that we passed over the last two and a half decades. Representative, I know that uh, you're passionate about this, the discharge petition. You knew what that action could have meant, but quite honestly, the committee that was assigned, let me give the the, the name of this thing, okay? Constitutional Resolutions Committee, okay? (laughs) First of all, no such official committee ever existed that I'm aware of in regular practice down at the State House. So, this was a straw man to begin with that this uh, character, I'm going to call him that, Jason Stevens, put together. And all of this is he's working for the Democratic interest. You have to see that. There's no other way. He's working for the majority of his caucus, which is 32 Democrats. It's only 22 Republicans, and from what I'm hearing. Some of those 22 are beginning to think about shifting back to the other side they're about to they're about to come home like the prodigal son or daughter that they are uh, your thoughts on that
2: well this is this is the stopping this resolution and um, and changing our constitution to get rid of parental rights uh, for your uh, sons and daughters and to put abortion on demand and everything you just said is on is on the balance and I think that the speaker, I think Speaker Stevens is feeling pressure uh, because he had to scapegoat me basically in his letter. Uh, he kind of blamed me for signing a petition um, when it was in my committee. And I just told you the events, but here's what happens. If he, if we miss the August – it's May 10th is when you miss the August deadline. If we miss the August deadline, he, and he sits on it in rules and reference, what happens is – Then, as I told you before, pro-life Republicans, we will not vote for it to go on the November ballot. If it goes on the November ballot, what you have is a possibility of pro-abortion-on-demand, anti-parent rights, uh, constitutional change that that gets voted 50% plus one of the population, and then it's protected by a 60% threshold. Okay, so if you're going to destroy your constitution, you can't at that point. You've got to reassess how you're going to come back and try to fix this before you before you go on to the to the next thing. So that's the problem that you have. That's why they both can't be on in November. Everyone in Columbus knows that. And so what can happen if this goes into rules and reference and Jason Stevens sits on it? So it doesn't have a a, a, uh, August ballot. It doesn't get the August ballot. What happens is. Then he, then we will not vote for it for November, and he can sit there with that. If people don't have this knowledge, he can sit there and say, "See, it doesn't have the votes." So what I am, what I am saying to Speaker Stevens right now is uh, publicly and outwardly saying that. If you're not going to – if we can't get this petition uh, uh, moving forward because Jason's holding on to 22 of his members, not allowing them to sign it, if we can't get it moving forward, you have to have some of his 22 members sign it. But if we can't get the petition discharge moving forward, he needs to make a public statement that as soon as it moves out of this committee that he will put it to the floor on the next available time. And he just may, needs to make that public statement. Otherwise, everything I'm telling you is exactly true. He's going to sit on it. He's going to wait. And then he's going to say, well, we don't have the votes for November. Well, you, you bet we don't have the votes for no, November because I told you they both can't be on at the same time.
1: Let me read a statement we said initially when he was uh, elected by 32 Democrats and only 22 Republicans. Without question, Representative Stevens, made an agreement with the democrats to secure the 32 votes to think otherwise is to be completely naive what conservatives understand is that their agenda is now dead on arrival any meaningful pro life legislation is now dead educational choice legislation is now dead protecting women's sports legislation is now dead protecting our children from the transgender agenda transgender agenda in public schools is now dead. Any meaningful pro-life, pro-family legislation is dead with Speaker Stevens, who was elected by a majority of Democrats. And, folks, it's playing out. Three months later, it's playing out just like that. This man is playing games with our laws in our state and with our politics and he's parading as a Republican, but quite honestly, he's being ruled by the Democrats. Now, I'm not, a- I'm not asking Representative Scott Wiggum to tell you that, but I'm telling you that as the o- president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. And I've been doing this job for over 20 years, and I've seen a lot of speakers, a lot of Senate presidents and governors, and I'm telling you... We're seeing betrayal at the highest levels. Now, it's game on, because come the 17th of this month, this is after the Easter break right now, Representative, you're at a break right now, isn't that right? The legislature is on recess during the holiday break, is that right? Correct.
2: That is correct.
1: And so you come back on the 17th. So, folks, what do we need you to do? We're going to ask you to do an action alert, and we're going to have this on the top of our website. Just go to Ohio Christian Alliance. Just search that OCA, oh, oh, uh, OhioCA.org, or just search Ohio Christian Alliance. It's an action alert. Click on that. Your representative links will come up. Go to your representatives. Urge them to sign the discharge petition on HJR1. All the information will be there. Tell your family and friends to do that. We need to get a lot of calls and emails going in to The legislature between now and the last end of this month, and folks, we're going to win the day uh, because we're going to get it. Fifty votes is needed for a discharge petition, isn't that right, uh, Representative? That is correct. Fifty signatures is needed, and
2: and we know we know there's fifty votes uh, for this. Uh, We we, I I believe strongly that there's sixty, even though that we've had we had two members. Um, of course, that we need to fill two seats that were yes votes also. We still have 60. But the fact of the matter is the people of Ohio deserve a right to know where their members are on this issue.
1: Well, that's absolutely true. And so uh, there's big doings, folks, and we're all part of it. And again, on April the 17th, but you need to start calling now. Even though the legislature is recessed, staffers are working the office for the rest of this week and into next week. They'll be taking your calls, your emails. Uh, They will be registered. You can leave a message on the recorder for the representative. Always be polite, uh, but basically say this. I ask you to support the discharge petition on HJR1. Now, this is the resolution that will raise the uh, uh, election amount to 60% for any constitutional amendment in the state of Ohio. We've got to get this on the August ballot, beating the pro-aborts, to the November ballot. Now, we're doing all we can to try to trip these folks up so that they can't get on the ballot of this year, but we have to presume that they're going to get on the ballot this year, and we've got to get to the August ballot, a special election in August. State Senator uh, Matt Huffman, the Senate president, said, I'm for it. I've got the vote to my chamber. It's Representative Jason Stevens, who's acting as Speaker. He's the one holding it up, and so calls need to flood the state house. We need to stand by uh, representatives like Scott Wiggum, who are really taking it right now on the chin. And I'm, I'm looking at the letter that he wrote in dismissing you from the committee. And, you know, Representative, you knew by taking a stand, because you're, you're standing for the unborn, what this would be. But this man is playing games with the words that he's putting out in the media. There's no doubt about that. And like you say, February 16th, so let me give everybody the calendar. Back in December, there was a lame duck session. They could have gotten it done then, and it didn't happen. Then comes the um, swearing in of the new members in January, and they had to February 1st to get it on a May ballot. And that's when you knew that Representative Stevens had made some agreement, because he made sure that it did not come to a floor for a vote. I had state senators, Representative, grab me in the hall and saying, today's the deadline. What's going to happen? I said, I know we're being betrayed. And they were furious. They said, we passed all these pro-life laws. They're all going to be wiped out by this constitutional amendment uh, with just 51 percent of people voting and being deceived at the ballot box come November if we don't do something. So, you know, you've got a lot of support over there in the Ohio Senate, Representative, and, of course, in the Ohio House. Your thoughts?
2: No, I I think we do. I think we need to get it moving. You know, regarding this, this is what News Channel 5 out of Cleveland stated. And I quote, numerous Democratic lawmakers told News 5 that another item in the deal was the eliminate. This is the deal for Jason Stevens was the elimination of House Joint Resolution 6, which is now House Joint Resolution 1. Uh, the resolution to require 60 percent supermajority vote uh, for constitutional amendments to succeed. So there, there is this is backed up by the news reports. Uh, what you're talking about. Uh, this was all over, and the and the fact of the matter is is that uh, it's just got to get passed. We we have to get this done. Um, Jason Stevens took Speaker's office. He took it January third, and and then this was brought out about a week later. Um, actually, th- yeah, just one week later, and we had all just almost all of January, at least three weeks in January to get this done, and we did not get started until uh, mid February. Like I said, right before. It wasn't, it wasn't put in the uh, committee until right before uh, we watched the signatures, or excuse me, the ballot language go before the Attorney General's office. And when that happened, we knew that it was a different game, okay, when it was approved by the Attorney General's office just a few days later.
1: That's well, we and th- that exa- ex- exactly, that is the evidence there by the Speaker's motives here, is that this committee wasn't formulated in January. It was formulated on February 16th, and like I say, two days before the language is presented to the Attorney General for review from the pro abortion group. That means he got insider in- information that they were ready to submit their language. I mean, you know, I-, I just feel betrayed as an Ohio voter. We voted for Republicans in a big wave of 67 Republicans, only 32 uh, Democrats. And, you know, Representative. Uh, Ohioans are shocked and stunned, but they're seeing the betrayal of uh, these 22 that joined uh, Jason Stevens with the Democrats. By the way, many of them are being excoriated back in their counties. There's censure motions that are being passed. State Representative Tom Patton of Kaga County was rebuked by his own party in Kaga County. They basically censured him, took away the endorsements, removed him from the Central Committee, and also removed him from the Executive Committee. And he basically, they caught him in lies in text messages telling some constituents I had nothing to do with it. And wow. other text messages proved that he was, uh, knew about it and was pushing for Stevens. But the, he's only one example. Many around the state are being told by their chairman, don't bother running next time. I'm not going to support you. And like one state central committee member in a speech that he gave at the Republican Central Committee in Columbus said, we're either Republicans or we're not. So this betrayal... Uh, is really rocking the party, but it's good men like you and women that are standing with you in the legislature for the reasons of why we elected you, pro-life, pro-family, conservative issues, that you're taking it on the chin by this uh, speaker that was elected by a majority of Democrats. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, well, I'll I'll say this. Um, Speaker Stevens has to keep 32 Democrats happy. Because that is what's keeping him in office. So no matter where he may personally feel on something, he has to keep them happy, because as soon as they leave him, he's lost his power. And uh, I think we know that. And we're seeing probably a little bit. Uh, it's, it's a little. It's far more liberal agenda than I even thought. Uh, I, I, I even thought would come out of this uh, scenario. So, but I, but that's the reason why. If they leave him, it's over. We can vacate the vacate the chair and get another speaker.
1: Well, we're praying for that because that's what Ohioans voted for in large numbers in this last election. They basically voted for three Republicans for the state Supreme Court. Uh, All the statewide offices were Republican, Uh, the majority of Republicans in the Ohio Senate and in the Ohio House. But the betrayal of these 22 Republicans with the 32 Democrats with this Jason Stevens, has really opened up a lot of eyes around the state, and people are taking action in their local parties and saying something's got to be done. But the fight's got to be carried out in Columbus, and we need to back them up, folks. And so that's why I'm asking you to go to our website, Ohio Christian Alliance, and go to the action item. You'll see it at the top of the page. Click on that, contact your representative, and urge them, urge him or her to support and sign the discharge petition on HJR1, raising the level of passage for a constitutional amendment to 60%. All that details will be on our website, and you can either email them or phone them at the number indicated and leave a message to them. Always be polite, respectful, and urge them to support uh, the discharge petition on HJR1, the Constitution uh, amendment uh, uh, increase. Well, Representative, any other thoughts that you have along these lines?
2: No, I I thank you for what you're doing. I think it's very important that people go to the website and and encourage their representatives. I know we have at least 28, as of yesterday, 28 signatures, um, but obviously we need more. Some people are out of town, and they should be coming back, but they need to be encouraged by the people that they represent. And so do reach out to your uh, state representative. Make sure they know.
1: God bless you, Representative. We thank you so much for what you're doing. Representative Scott Wiggum of Ohio's 77th District will be praying for you and uh, will be supporting. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Scott. And again, go to our website at OhioCA.org or just search Ohio Christian Alliance and go to the Action item at the top of the page. Click on that. It will bring up your uh, representatives, find your district, and contact them by either leaving a message on the phone Or by email, urging your representative to support HJR 1, the discharge petition on HJR 1, which is the constitutional amendment increase of 60% to pass a constitutional amendment in the state of Ohio. Also, you'll see the information there on Ohio's heartbeat law at the state Supreme Court. You can click on that link and follow the court case. That's working its way through the Ohio Supreme Court and also the mandamus writ on ballot language. Uh, that case is going to be decided here in just uh, the next couple of weeks, so you want to watch that one as well. All that's on our website. And again, the action item, I can't urge you enough to get call and email your state representative and urge them to support the discharge petition on HJR1. This is Chris Long with the Ohio Christian Alliance. Thanks for li- listening. Uh, stay tuned. You'll be listening to Kurt Hartman the attorney who filed the mandamus writ on ballot language challenge before the Ohio Ballot Board at the Ohio Supreme Court. God bless you, and thanks for listening.
3: Be afraid. Be very afraid. There are those in Washington who want the IRS to take more of your hard-earned money. Are you tired of being the perpetual cash cow for every scheme, unreasonable program, and for all the fraud, waste, and abuse in our system? Well, good news, I can help. George Satari has almost 40 years of experience helping people like you keep more of what you make. It makes no sense that the more you make, the more they take let george help you keep your money away from the government bureaucratic waste and in your pocket call 216-651-1120 right now and schedule your free consultation today instead of a victim you'll You'll be be the the victor. victor With many success stories, George helps with tax planning, estate planning, financial and business analysis, and more. The new tax law has many ways to save money with retirement planning, accelerated depreciation, up to 20% exception of net earnings, and so much more. Call 216-651-1120. That's 216-651-1120. You earn it, we'll help you keep it. That's George Satari, CPA, 216-651-1120. My community means everything to me. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from, and as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The training and leadership skills I get from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people and look out for my community. If you'd like to learn how you, too, can serve part-time in the community you love, visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. The following is a previously aired broadcast.
0: Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long.
1: And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about the Ohio State Supreme Court. It's a mandamus uh, case on the abortion ballot language, which was approved by State Attorney General Dave Yost and the Ohio Ballot Board that's chaired by uh, Secretary of State Frank LaRose. Um, And then a case was filed, a mandamus action, challenging the ballot board's action that they said that the language was single-subject And uh, we're going to be talking to the attorney that filed that uh, mandamus action at the state Supreme Court. But let me give you a little background. So as many of you know, on this program, we've talked about that the abortion industry in this state is working to put a constitutional amendment, which would, if passed in November, if they get to the ballot, would legalize abortion on demand through the ninth month. It would essentially wipe out all of Ohio's pro-life laws that we've worked on over the last three decades. Uh, The most recent, of course, was Ohio's heartbeat law, which was signed into law just a year and a half ago by Governor Mike DeWine. And it also is currently being challenged in the Ohio Supreme Court. After the fall of Roe v. Wade last June and with the Dobbs decision, uh, state Attorney General Dave Yost did file for the injunction on the Heartbeat Law to be lifted, and it was. And for about four months, it was enacted in Ohio, and it was saving lives. Then the pro-aborts in Cincinnati filed in a municipal court challenging the constitu- state constitutionality of the heart- Ohio's Heartbeat Law. State Attorney General Dave Yost, with the state's interest, appealed it to the state Supreme Court. That link is on our website at OhioCA.org, or just search Ohio Christian Alliance. Then uh, comes the pro-aborts to push forward with a constitutional amendment that would legalize abortion uh, through the ninth month of pregnancy, uh, basically taking us back to the dark days of Roe here in Ohio, if it was to be passed by the Ohio voters in November. But there's a lot of ifs there, if they're able to secure enough signatures, if they're able to get it on the ballot, and if it passes by at least currently at 51%, then it would be part of our state constitution. It would be enshrined, as they say, into the state constitution. And folks, we can't let that happen. We've not fought all these years to defend the unborn and the pro-life cause, only to see it wiped away with uh, a slick ad campaign by the pro-abortion industry, Planned Parenthood, ACLU, a uh, group of abortion doctors and pro-choice Ohio, all working together to put this on a fall ballot. We must, as pro-life Ohioans, fight against it. Convince our neighbors and friends to also vote against it. Uh, but we got a long way to go. Thankfully, there is fight in on our side. At first, it looked as if we were just laying down. I mean, here comes the abortion ballot language to State Attorney General Dave Yost, who admittedly is a pro-life, uh, you know, individual. Uh, but he approved the ballot language as it stood. I mean, he didn't have any uh, cause or question to send it back to the group for a rewrite, and it was approved on the first draft, which, by by honestly, that's, that's almost never happened. I mean, it's very rare for that to happen. So we were kind of shocked by that. Then comes the, ballot, the state ballot board. And normally the ballot board, what is their duty? Their duty is to determine whether it's single subject. If it's not single subject, they have to divide it into parts. Summary language has to be written. It goes back to the attorney general for review, and then the group is cleared to start circulating petitions uh, for what they need to get on the ballot in November. But here comes uh, Cincinnati Right to Life and a couple of realtors. These are the folks representing the case out of Cincinnati, Ohio, thankfully. And their attorney was with us on the phone. Uh, Kurt Hartman filed a mandamus action on the ballot board's action saying that it was single-subject. And, Kurt, welcome to the program, and first of all, thank you for filing this lawsuit.
4: I'm right, Chris, glad to have done it, and glad to be with you
1: here today. Well, again, as we say, uh, this was great that we saw someone standing up and fighting because, you know, you know, I'm a layman. I'm not an attorney, but I looked at it. I said, well, there's multi-subject in there, and I've asked some of the state legislators. They see multi-subject in there. Tell us what you saw when you saw the ballot language and why you filed this uh, mandamus action. No
4: problem. Like like you said, you're correct. The Ohio Ballot Board's duty is, at this stage, to simply say is what they're proposing, one subject, one general subject or purpose, or does it have multiple subjects or purpose? And, disappointingly, the Ohio Ballot Board met last Monday on March 13th, and really with no discussion, no analysis, no assessment made the decision that it was, Uh, and that was kind of really disappointing. You know, they have a legal standard that has to be met, and none of them even raised or questioned, does this meet that legal standard of one subject or not? In the particulars of our case, what we've done is, you know, we basically looked at the language that's being proposed, and it's amazing if you really look at it, it it's very broad, as you indicate, very broad as to what it's doing. It's really not limited to abortion. They basically, in the first section, say every individual has a right to make decisions concerning you know, their, quote-unquote, one's own reproductive decision. One's own reproductive decision. That's the right they're granting to people. Then they go on and say this right to uh, make a reproductive decision includes, but is not limited to contraception, fertility treatment, continuing one's own pregnancy, abortion, and miscarriage care. And we looked at that and it's like, wait a minute, boy, that is a big sweat sweep of what they're trying to grant. And it's not even fully clear what what's the breadth of what they're offering. But we kind of looked at the abortion issue and all the phrase, you know, the decision to continue one's own pregnancy. And when you look at abortion. And, you know, we've had 50 plus years now of litigation in the courts addressing abortion. And what we basically did, you know, we went back to the two cases from the U.S. Supreme Court that are the darlings of the pro-abortionists, Roe v. Wade and uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. We looked at those decisions and said, hey, what has the U.S. Supreme Court said about abortion? And in Roe, In Roe v. Wade, the U.S. Supreme Court said abortion is, quote-unquote, inherently different, close-quote, than other reproductive issues like contraception and marriage and that. In the Casey decision, the U.S. Supreme Court said abortion is, quote-unquote, a unique act. So here we've got the U.S. Supreme Court saying abortion is inherently different and it's a unique act. And so we started saying, wait a minute. If abortion is those things that the U.S. Supreme Court said, i.e. in the cases that the pro-abortionists love, then why is it being lumped in as a single subject with all these other things, with miscarriage care? And, And so basically we have relied upon the Rhoda case and the Casey decision to basically say abortion is unique. Abortion is inherently different, and therefore it is not one subject, and at the Ohio ballot board, disregarded the law and abused its discretion when they, with no debate, said, uh, this is all one subject, go get your signatures. And so we believe we're calling upon the you know, Ohio Supreme Court to step in to ensure the law is, pro- is properly applied uh, and that if you're going to propose multiple things that are not related, i.e. things that are distinctly different, you have to get separate petitions on that, you know, um, and part of it was, I think, if you look at the campaign that they're doing for this uh, amendment, you know, they're trying to wrap it, you know, into, you know, more innocent sounding, you know, things uh, such as miscarriage care. You know, if somebody has a miscarriage, you know, yeah, they need to be have treatment and taken care of on that. And so I think they're trying to uh, kind of repackage the debate. You and I know their whole issue. It is like you said, abortion on demand up to the nine months. And um, they're try, trying to, I think, deceive the voters by how, what, how they're characterizing it. And so we're hoping, at least through this lawsuit and forcing the ballot board to go back and split this into multiple issues, we can have the focus be on what the true issue is, and that is you know, uh, killing of the unborn and legalizing abortion.
1: You know, it was so important to challenge this decision by the ballot board because, uh, you know, basically there is multi-subjects within this language, and then that was going uh, just with a rubber stamp through the attorney general, through the ballot board, and off and running these folks were uh, with their signature quest. And to the, to the shock, quite honestly, of many of us who believe that there would have been uh, a process by the Attorney General who would have looked at the language that was submitted uh, and also you know, probably found some things legally challenging uh, within the language itself. Normally, the Attorney General does. Uh, over the years, we've had experiences as an organization, uh, whether we've been working on an amendment to the Constitution over the years, uh, sure. whether it was the Ohio Marriage Amendment or the Healthcare Freedom Amendment, uh, Marcy's Law. Uh, Normally, uh, these things, uh, there's a couple of different scrutinies that the attorney general puts the group through before uh, he approves the language. Then it goes to the ballot board, and it's determined there, as we just uh, indicated, uh, that it is... determine whether it's single subject. That is basically what the ballot board does. What is it one or two issues? And uh, so, for folks, uh, you remember back in the day, uh, vote yes on one and two or something like that. You've seen those kinds of campaign ads. That's because a uh, ballot issue was divided up and then summary language has to be written that defines exactly what the proposal is. That summary language has to be reviewed by the attorney general. So, um, Mr. Hartman, uh, we, again, we want to thank you for challenging this because I think you have a very strong case uh, before the state Supreme Court. So walk us through what the process is now. We have the li- live link on the case on our website at OhioCA.org. And uh, so uh, the filings were made, and then uh, where do we stand with the case currently? Where,
4: yeah, where do we stand? We just came out, got an order in terms of scheduling, and we were fine with the schedule. Uh, From the Supreme Court, after we filed our complaint, the um, ballot board and their members, as well as the petitioners advocating this, they will have their answers filed by tomorrow. And my brief, our first brief, is going to be due this coming Friday. So we'll file our brief on Friday. The other side will file their response. I believe it's next Tuesday, and then the following Friday is when our last brief is due. So things are going to be teed up within a week and a half, two weeks, ready for a decision. Uh, by the ohio supreme court be fully briefed the arguments will have been made um and you know i could see it probably taking about three to four weeks probably early may uh before we get a good decision we'll get a decision and hopefully a good decision out of the ohio supreme court saying ballot screwed up this is two topics go back to square one and split this thing up so
1: as it is, the group has, till July 5th, is the deadline to submit their signatures uh, if it's going to be on the 2023 ballot. Even some of their spokesmen uh, and spokeswomen have said, whether it's on the 2023 or 2024 ballot, that is yet to be determined. Now, it seems as if they are hard after it currently right now. I, I'd guesstimate their signature gathering is probably around 20 to 25,000 that they've already uh, gathered. But let's uh, play this out a little bit. Uh, let's say that um, the court does grant mandamus action and then sends it back to the ballot board. Uh, does, are they, They're not ordering the ballot board. What they're saying is the ballot board needs to review again that this is multi-subject. How how might that decision play out? Or it it how,
4: could. Well, there's, there's two options, really, the court could take. They could simply say, ballot board, you should have had more of a discussion and analysis in the first instance before it came to the court. We're sending it back to you to have that discussion, that debate, um, and make the analysis. Is, is this one topic or two topics? That's one option the court could do. The second option the court could do is say, no, we can look at this proposal ourselves, and that's not play any more games. What we, the court, say, it is two topics, and it needs to be divided. And then it would go back to the ballot board to formalize that action. Then the proponents would have to submit separate summaries for each thing. So the court has a few options as to how far they want to pursue it or how far they want to order corrective action by the ballot board. They can do part way. They can just say, you go determine it in the first instance. Or the court could say, no, this is so self-evident, we're going to make it the ruling right here and now. Um, You know, if we are successful on either account, you know, will it delay their signature efforts? Yeah, because if it, especially if it gets split, then they have to go back and do summaries again for both of the new uh, petitions as
1: split into two separate proposals. And that also means that the signatures that they've gathered so far are no longer valid. Is that right? That
4: is correct. That would be correct.
1: So they'd have yeah. to start over their signature campaign all over again. And um, so that's that's how this is going to play out, folks. But again... Um, So, as you just heard, that it may be late April, early May before a decision by the court is granted. We'll be watching it. The live link will be on the Ohio Christian Alliance website. Just search that. Look for mandamus uh, uh, writ that was uh, uh, filed. That's a link for it. Uh, Also, the heartbeat law, as it works its way through the court, we don't expect a decision by the court until July uh, as both parties will weigh in on that case. So, I mean, you know, it when when it comes to life issue in this state, Kurt. Right now, all all eyes are on the state supreme court. Yes, you know, they, you know
4: and hopefully, hopefully they step up to the plate. And they, they, you know, this is simply a question of applying the law I was written, and the law is clear. They can't have the two topics. It, you know, um, and I would hope they would rule, rule that way in this case, like they would in any other case on and involving any other issue so we're making the arguments we're going to hopefully you'll get at least four of the justices you know right now we've got a four to three split on the ohio supreme court republican versus democrat um and i'm not going to hold my breath on some some of the justices i think uh but i think you know we, we make the right argument i think we, we can win the day
1: So when we think of Mr. Dieters, uh, former prosecutor of Hamilton County, he had to recuse himself from the, well, actually he was asked to recuse himself by the uh, folks opposing Ohio's heartbeat law as he was the county prosecutor representing the case uh, in Cincinnati um, on the heartbeat law as it was being um, appealed. So he did recuse himself. The court will appoint a uh, traveling judge to sit in on that case. Uh, what is the standing here with this case? Uh, Mr. Dieters isn't uh, obligated to recuse himself from this, is he?
4: No, he's not. You know, uh, Justice Dieters recused himself because in the, the case that was challenging the heartbeat, Bill, he, he was actually named as a defendant in that case as the county prosecutor. I see. And, and so since he was already a party to the case, And it was appropriate. He said, yes, I'm going to recuse myself. And when a justice on the Ohio Supreme Court recuses uh, themselves, the uh, chief justice gets to choose one of the court of appeals judges to fill fit in for that case. And in the case of the heartbeat bill, just uh, Chief Justice Kennedy has already uh, designated uh, Judge Matt Byrne, who's with the 12th District Court of Appeals, Matt's out of Warren County, and um, to sit in for justice Dieters on that one case. I, I agree with you. I think in this case, this is somewhat different. It does not necessitate that Justice Peters recuse himself. He wasn't a named party. He had no involvement in this. Uh, and so I think as a justice, there should be no issue about him sitting on this case.
1: Well, you know, sometimes the new court uh, that was just elected, obviously uh, Justice Kennedy won her state um, chief justice race against Mister, Mrs. Bruner, excuse me, And uh, all three Republicans won uh, their uh, respective state Supreme Court seats, and so as you say, it's now a 4-3 split. There'll be another race in 2024, of course, a couple seats come up. So um, normally the court maybe just maybe eases into its first uh, session, but this is high drama right on the front end. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> the the drink, Kennedy drinking from the is,
4: fire hose. Is, from I got to tell hose, you, though, the quick. Kennedy
1: court is front and center. Is it not? I mean, this is all yeah. eyes are on it. So wow. Well, it, no, you no, know, I think,
4: and we've got a good court. We've we've worked for good justices. We've got good justices there. So. Um, I think we're making the right arguments and hopefully Well, I'm going re- to I'm going to reserve
1: law. my opinion on that, Kurt. I got to be honest with you. Over the years, social conservatives have been asked to uh really work for court justices and all that, but we never seem to get decisions in our favor. And uh, you know, so that's been to our chagrin, and so we're going to be watching this very carefully how this plays out, uh both the heartbeat law and of course this mandamus uh, action. And I, again, I've talked to some constitutional attorneys. So I said, well, what do you think? One, they speak very highly of you, sir. <laughs> and also they said, that, uh, they said that they said this is a strong case. Uh, so, again, we're just asking the jurists, uh, the judges on the bench to do their duty. We're asking the ballot board to do its duty, which it seemed to just pass on. I mean, i got to yeah. tell you, I was a little bit shocked by that. I was shocked by the attorney general because, yeah. again, I say, <laughs> we've done these things yeah. over the years, and it's almost a given that on the first draft, it's like... Uh, you know the, pay, the the teacher always sends it the, the first draft of your t- your test back right then you know, yeah. so,
4: well well let me let me defend dave yost a little bit you know his 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 role his role in this process was simply you know you submit the proposed amendment and you submit a summary cuz you got to put that summary on the petitions yes and his role was simply to say is this summary fair and truthful as to what is contained in this proposed amendment He said, yes, it was fair and truthful, and he said, I'm not saying it's the wise thing to do, it's a good policy decision, etc. And the problem is, they almost repeated verbatim the entire amendment in their summary, okay? Yes. It wasn't really a summary, it was kind of a repeat of the entire amendment. But when you repeat it almost verbatim, yeah, it is fair and accurate, whether or not it's that –
1: well, and that, the, that was what, his letter that he issued, and we did we did publish that. He explained his yeah. actions and said that, look, I am pro life, but without prejudice, I am to uh, fulfill my role as uh, attorney general, and, and so I thought he was right in that. Yes, he was. Uh, the ballot board is really the, the amazing process if you looked at
4: it. The, the entire meeting when they considered this took eight minutes. It's all, it's on the Ohio Channel. You can go to the Ohio Channel and see it. the total time they spent on this amendment was probably about a minute and a half they spent just as much time administering the oath to two new members as they did considering (laughs) this amendment so it was eight minutes total but they did a lot of other stuff in that eight minutes there was no debate it was so disappointing um that no discussion no saying okay here's our job here's what this amendment is proposing doesn't meet that criteria and let's play devil's advocate yes it does yes no it doesn't None of that. None of No real analysis. And so we basically have argued, one of the arguments we're making is that the ballot board abused its discretion in not splitting it because they exercised no discretion. When you don't do anything, when you don't give a reason for what you did, you didn't exercise any discretion whatsoever. You just rubber-stamped it blindly. And that's really what happened in this case with the ballot board. And so, like I said, that's one of the arguments. We'll kind of see if Uh, If we can get traction on that or some of the other arguments we are making,
1: We're talking with Attorney Kurt Hartman, and he is uh, with the law firm of Kurt Hartman out of Cincinnati. Uh, Attorney, thank you for joining us today, Attorney Hartman, and thank you for what you're doing in this case. We'll be watching it carefully, uh, and we just need to be ready because uh, these folks are going to continue to to collect signatures. If the court does not grant us uh, mandamus action, then we're going to have to fight them on the ballot in November, and so yeah. everybody ought to be ready.
4: No, but you, you know, thank you, Chris. And, you know, I, I think it's important, win or lose this case. I think the case was important or is important because, one, like you said, some people kind of viewed we were just kind of laying down on the issue and, okay, no, we've got to be challenged, you know, the, the other side at every turn, not take anything for granted. And I think it's been good. I think the publicity that we've been able to generate on this is kind of waking some people up. You know, as as to what's going on in Ohio and what how radical of a proposal we have uh, being put before us or attempted to be put before us. So, you win win or lose on it. I think it served a good purpose. Hopefully, we do win because uh, we want the people of Ohio to be fully informed on what they're voting on and not to be deceived through through um, linguist, what I call linguistic gymnastics in the ballot language. And that's what I think we've got it.
1: That's right. Well, Attorney Hartman, thank you so much for being my guest today. God bless you, friend. And listen, we'll have you back when the decision comes down. Perfect. Thank you, Chris, and thanks to your listeners. Thank you, sir. And again, that was Attorney Kurt Hartman from Cincinnati, and he's filed the mandamus action. That link is on our website at ohioca.org. Also, the link to the Heartbeat Law case is there, and you could follow both those court cases on our website. And other information concerning the abortion ballot Uh, with the pro-aborts trying to put it on the fall ballot, and folks, we have to defeat it. So this is the legal challenge, but we're going to have to start educating our family, friends, and uh, folks at church to tell them to be prepared in case they do make the ballot in November. We have to defeat it. This is Chris Long uh, with the Ohio Christian Alliance, and you can follow all the work that the Ohio Christian Alliance does at our website at ohioca.org. Thanks for listening. God bless.